Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we conclude Christ's discourse known as the Sermon on the Mount. The conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount contains two commands. The first is found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, which instructs us to enter through the narrow gate. The second command is found in chapter 7, verse 15, which warns us to beware of false prophets. These scary words from Jesus leave no room for doubt that he demands of every person a decision about him. It's a binary decision, accept or reject, believe or ignore, heaven or hell, one way or the other, there is no middle ground. There are many voices that proclaim false messages about the way to heaven. Today we see the final descriptions of the importance of entering through the narrow gate and learning to beware of the false prophets. Please listen to today's slice of Pastor Jim's message entitled, Jesus' Scariest Words. Notice that they emphasize not who the Lord is, not anything about sacrifice, not anything about sin, not anything about turning to Him. They emphasize, look what we did for you. There's a subtle problem with that. I mean, of course we want to serve the Lord, right? Of course we want to do great things by His grace and by His power. But they say, did we not do these things? They're calling attention to themselves. Lord, let me into heaven. Just look at all the favors that I did for you. Weren't you blessed to have me on your side? That's the attitude. I get shivers down my back when I hear sometimes pastors being the worst of the, of the lot, speaking so glowingly of all they've done for the Lord and for His church. I knew one pastor who had the habit of using the pronoun I interchangeably with um, the church, the church board, and himself. You know, this is my church. Look what I've done. That's that's frightening. I hope he doesn't mean what it sounds like. I was once in a group of elders, not at Heritage Bible Church, I will be happy to say, uh, where some people were praying, and I heard an elder say, Thank you, Lord, for this church we have built for you. Hmm. Wow, who's building the church? It is a humbling thing to be any part of that process, but we're not building a church for the Lord. We are the church. He is building it, stone by stone, person by person. Second problem with this profession, they appeal to the name of Jesus, but more like a magic formula than a reference to the true character and his, and his person. 
The phrase, Lord, Lord, and then the thrice repeated, in your name, which in the Greek is given the, uh, the position of maximum emphasis in the, in the phrase. It's like, it's like they're using it as a, as a sentimental or mystical or magical incantation. We did this in your name. In reality, to pray or act in the name of Jesus means to act based upon who He is and what He has done, and you're standing with Him. Can't just say, in the name of the Lord Jesus, and that's like, you know, Popeye taking his spiritual spinach, and then he can do great things. There is no special power in reciting that name. It's a matter of living in light of who He is and standing with Him on what He has accomplished. And by the way, there's a lot of that going on in this century, if you haven't noticed. And that leads to the third problem with this. Do you notice He says there are going to be many who are going to be um, majoring on these self-glorifying, attention-getting, flashy, crowd-gathering events rather than humble service for God's glory. Now, prophesying, proclaiming, preaching, uh, that's the most public of all ministries. It can affect the, the, the greatest number of people, but if not in the proper perspective, it can be an ego trip. Then there's there's casting out demons. Hey, if you have a demon, I want you not to have that demon. It's not a bad thing to have someone be delivered from demon possession. But you know what? Jesus did not give that ministry to the church. He gave that special ability, He had that special ability, He gave it to the apostles, and that was a sign of their apostolic office, and it ended with the apostles. Victory over a demon now comes not at the hands of a third party ordering the demon to go away, it comes with conversion, repentance, not the ministry of somebody laying on hands or repeating formulaic prayers or whatever. Same with performing miracles. That's likewise not the ministry of the church. No one today has the power to perform miracles as did Jesus and the apostles. God can do miracles. God does miracles. He does miracles any time He wants to, any place He wants to, but He has not granted that that power to someone to choose to do it or not. People today who make these claims that they are fraud, that they are speaking for the Lord, they are frauds. And by the way, in the last six months, we have had dozens and dozens and dozens of people who have proven themselves to be false prophets by saying that the Lord told them what was going to happen in this election, except they were a hundred percent absolutely wrong. How many of them? All of them. When someone claims to be speaking verbally for the Lord today, they are a fraud. Do I sound like I'm not leaving any room for any alternatives? I am, and I am on purpose because God has spoken to us in His Son and everything we need for life and godliness is made known to us through His Son, through His Word, taught to us by the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus' words are as strong as they could possibly be. I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Can you imagine how awful to be thinking that you are coming to the moment when you're going to hear, well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things, I'll give you many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And instead they hear, get out of here. Depart from me. I never knew you. And by the way, you can't even word study yourself into softening that. The word never means never. Not for a single moment. He doesn't mean he doesn't know anything about them. He knows everything about them in perfect deal, in perfect detail, but he means there's no relationship here. There's no friendship. There is no fellowship. There is no salvation. There is no, for, no uh, forgiveness. There is no reconciliation. There is no hope. Depart from me. I never knew you. And depart implies going away to judgment. That's where the broad way leads. And it's interesting how he describes them. Remember, very religious people claiming to do all of these spiritual things. And he says, you are practicing lawlessness. That's a really interesting way to describe people that hammer away on what God says, they think. They're so proud of their religious activities, but he's saying they have all been done apart from real submission to the law of God. Because if you did submit to the law of God, it would lead you to the Savior, and you would act solely upon His Word. These people that Jesus condemns in this passage are are not fire-breathing ogres who terrify people around them. They come to you in sheep's clothing. They, they, they pretend to belong to the great shepherd. They, belong to be, they pretend to be part of the flock. They themselves would declare themselves under shepherds. They look good. They sound good by normal appearances. They even speak true words sometimes. Maybe even more times than not. But if they don't know the Lord doesn't do any good. Remember in the Old Testament, Balaam, he was the prophet for sale to the highest bidder. He spoke the truth sometimes, but so did his donkey. You can't just get sometimes. There's that man Demas. He's the one that Paul calls out by name and condemns him in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. He may have preached many fine sermons, but he was a false prophet. There's Judas Iscariot. He was among the original 12. He was one of the ones that Jesus sent out to heal the sick, cast out demons, and preach the gospel of the kingdom. But he wasn't for real. He was the son of perdition. Learn to be discerning and wary. Enter the narrow gate. Beware the false prophets. Now, that's talking mainly about the false teachers, the ones who call people onto the broad way and say, follow me, here's the way to heaven, and they're misrepresenting it. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.